0: to the Love Life Church Podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I want us to know completely how to get through bad. And when you understand this, your things that you're dealing with today, tomorrow, next year, next month, whenever, The things, the the, the pressures, the the challenges, the warfare, the the struggles, the things you're going through, which you all are going to do. You're all going to go through something. Intensity levels, you know, are dependent upon who you are. But they're going to come. Storms will come. Jesus said they will. But he said, these are ones that are able to go through it successfully. I want to pay attention to that. Because I said, we all go through them, right? We all go through them. So the key is, is what did Jesus say? He said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings, here, whoever pays attention to the words that I'm speaking are the ones that I would say are wise men and women. Because through those hearing and then doing, you build a strong foundation that is required to stand against the storms of life. Foundation, everybody say foundation. Foundation. Okay, so this is what we do. We go through and build foundations. It's not one foundation. It's multi-foundations built in one foundation of my life. But inside my life are, and I, I shared this last week. There's strong foundations, but guess what? There's also weak foundations. See, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a, an ignorant follower of Jesus. I, I know what his word says. So I'm not tying my whole basket of life to, I've got a terrible part of my life and I'm miserable, and no good, or to where I've got a good part of my life, everything's perfect. It doesn't work that way. There are some areas where I, am, I excel at. I have, I have much wisdom and I have experience and I can excel in those areas. Then there's other areas I suck. I'm just not good at. But I don't have a problem with admitting that because that's natural principles of life. Everybody in here understands that. Everybody. So what we have to do is we have to do this in the same way. We understand it in the natural. Nobody has a problem with that. We get this churchy Christianese working in us, and we lose common sense. And we've got to come back to the place of, I need some common sense to pay attention. Instead of trying to make this into some super spiritual mumbo jumbo. I need to get this life in me. So I'm going to pay attention to this life. Amen. The Bible says, blessed is the one who puts God's word as priority. Y'all know there are times when you don't prioritize the word of God. You prioritize how you feel, your emotion. I don't want to. And that's your choice. We have will. But it's until you prioritize God and his word, that's the only time when you're going to start seeing your life elevate to another power level. And all of us need to understand that it's so easy To just flip back into a religious mindset of, well, you know, I go to church. You know, what is it, you know, church, if I miss it here and there. Yeah, I guess scripture backs that mindset up. Not at all. It doesn't even come close to backing that up. But see, that's what we do to ourselves because it isn't priority. And I need you to understand the importance of this word in your life, priority number one. And don't throw it off like, well, I'll make it priority. I read the Bible every day. We don't need the church then, I guess. So you might as well rewrite the whole New Testament, which, by the way, is written to churches. It's all for the church. Jesus, the head, the body of the church. But no, you can just, you know, do your own thing. That's a sign of pure rebellion to the word of God. Is that what we're really wanting? No. But it's what we do because we love to have excuses and reasons why we don't have to follow his word. We all do it. At some level or another, we've all done it. And we just, you know, you want success in your life? Recognize it and say, you know what? That's not what I want. I want to press through. So I need to build a foundation, solid one, so I'm not weak in this area and make this priority number one. So Psalms 112, 7, eight says this, they, those who put God's word, number one, they will not be afraid of evil tidings, evil tidings in, in this, in the Hebrew, it means to hear or listen to or hear something second, in other words, you hear something talking about it or you're hearing personally, firsthand. It's to hear evil or an attack against your life. But it says here that they will not be afraid of evil attack, evil communication. They will not be afraid of it. Now, I want to pay attention to this because I don't want to be afraid of someone saying, I want to do this or or, uh, the job or the the marriage or the person or the family or whoever is coming at you. The enemy. And it says they will not be afraid because why? Their heart is steadfast. Everybody say steadfast. That literally means you are in a fixed position, upright. Y'all know when your heart, when your heart is broken or hurt you usually standing like this or you standing like this. Come on, be truthful. Right. When you have a broken heart, when your heart is hurting, you're not walking all proud and bold. It affects you, does it not? It affects you. All we're doing is paying attention. Common sense. Broken, hurt heart, you're not jumping and skipping for joy. Your, your body, your emotions are going to make you like this you can tell someone when they're dealing with issues, they're, they're just everything about them, their countenance, there's no glow anymore. So what do we need to do? right here? Make their heart steadfast trusting in the Lord. Do what? Trust in the Lord. Their heart is established, they will not be afraid. Now, I'm going to help you this morning because this helped me years ago. Christianese is such a dangerous language. Christianese are statements that we make that have no no essence of truth to God's word. It's just we make them. And we don't even realize we're doing this, but we just make Christianese statements. For instance, how's it going, brother? Well, you know, I'm just trusting in the Lord. Okay, what are you trusting in the Lord for? Well, I'm just trusting in the Lord. What, what, what are you, trusting him in what? And see, what we do is we take these words, because we're ignorant, we just read something. We don't understand the teaching behind the letters. We just read. So we use these statements because it's committed over and over and over in church. So we learn this Christianese, hallelujah, praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Do you know everything I just said is a command? But see, Christianese makes it, hey, brother, hallelujah, praise the Lord. What what is that? But we we don't do that. We don't look at it as, what are you doing? We, oh, yeah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God, brother. See, Christianese, what we have done because of it, we've lost all power of God's word in our life. And you might be thinking, oh, come on, I'm just, no. The power is behind the understanding. You're establishing your understanding of words that do not mean what you are believing them to mean. So we have to pay attention to this stuff. Let me help you on trusting in the Lord. The only way you can trust in the Lord is, is to get his word, the word that's needed for what you're trusting the Lord in and hear it and do it. Then you could say, I'm trusting in the Lord and you have the ability to back up how you're trusting in the Lord. And I just, I just taught you the Bible, simplified it for you. That's the Bible. That's the instruction of the Bible. So let's right now, love life, what we're going to do is we're going to stop going, well, you know, I'm just trusting in Jesus. We're not going to do that anymore, Amy. All right. All right. Good. Three of you are going to agree with me. Okay. The rest of you, okay. Keep doing dumb. All right. Moving right along. Now, listen, when we're looking at this, so we're the storms of life are the attacks that things are dealing with. My ability to trust in the Lord is, what did Jesus say? Did Jesus say, the wise man or woman that trusts in me will be like, no. He didn't say that, did he? Did God ever say that? No. Then what are we doing? What, why are we doing this? Because religion has infiltrated the church thousands of years ago, and that's a predominant language that most, quote, Christians speak, Christianese. And so we're living these false truths as a reality, and there's no reality in it. Oh, none whatsoever. What I want is I want, what is this word written for, and how do I put it to use in my life so this will work? I, I, I'm, I'm working a job. I need this truth in me, not religion. Religion isn't going to help me and raise a family. Religion isn't going to help me do, be a good father. Religion, religion won't help me do anything. Nothing. It'll bring more bondage in my life. It'll bring more or a lack of hope in my life. It just, it's not worth it. But when we get the truth in us, all of a sudden things change. Now it's about what? Life. It's the understanding of the keys to success in life. Listen, the more I get God's word in me, the more stronger character I have. Not weaker. I don't become a greater liar because I got more God's word in me. Do you understand? No, that's what, I'm telling you, this is what religion does. It, it just destroys life. Remember, Jesus, I'm just using his words. He said to the religious, your children of your father, the devil. Well, what does that mean? It means the instruction and the belief system is tied to steal, kill, and destroy. He makes it very clear. That's not what we want in our lives, right? No, I want life and life more abundantly. What's it going to take? It's going to take common sense, getting this word, working in my life, without deciphering it through church language or church mindset, but a God mindset, God language. And all of a sudden, we become relevant. We, come, we become empowerful. And that's what we're gonna do, amen? Now let's look at Ephesians chapter six, verse 13. When you're under attack, again, It doesn't just say, trust the Lord. It doesn't say, let's read this. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Now it said, therefore. What does that mean? It means before, therefore, it was talking about attacks, spiritual attacks, evil coming into your life. And it said, therefore, because of bad comes, are y'all with me? Therefore, because bad comes, it's going to come. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now, evil day in the Greek is that any time of trouble, the affliction, the attack, the evil day that you're getting attacked. Whenever that day is, it could be, it could have been Monday. It could be Friday coming up. It could be next week, next month, or it could be right now. You're dealing with it right now. You have an evil day. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm sure people got some evil day going on. Right? All right. Do you want some answers or not? You'll just, hallelujah, praise the Lord, and close up shop? Or do you want the truth to set us free? I want the truth. Amen. So he says, in the evil day, we can withstand it. And having done all to stand, stand. Now, I've so many times over the years, I've, I've broken this information down. But what I want to do is I just want to look at a couple words here, and, and we'll move into more things. But I want you to pay attention to what he's talking about in the sense of in this chapter of Ephesians, Paul gets deep into military terms. And the reason why that's so important to understand is because you're looking at information that has to do with battle, warfare. This is what life's about. Life ain't about existence. It's about the ability to stand against attacks, the ability to stand against warfare, things out there that hate you, that want to influence you, that want you submitted to them. Like your past, you are submitted to the world. You are submitted to the enemy. You did the will of the world and the enemy. And you might be thinking, well, no, I did whatever I want. You can think whatever you want. The point is, is you weren't under this new life. You are part of the old life tied to the devil, the fall of man through Adam. So you could have been a good doctor. So what? So? That doesn't produce real life. You existed in a life where you feel, you know, I did good, whatever. It's not about you did good. It's about the nature of your life. So you could have made bad choices, you could have made good choices, but it don't matter. It's not about that. It's about nature. You got to become part of the nature of God, and that is becoming what? Born again. You believe in Jesus, you become part of his family. Now, now you start living life, living life, if, oh, I threw that in there, because there ain't no really living life without this if. And the if is this, if you align to the word. And it's this is the key. It's not hard. It's not, this isn't rocket science. It's pretty easy once you get this. Go on in the understanding of what this means. Now, let's, let's look at this again. It says, and having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. That is a deep, in-depth military phrase. Now, you look at that and go, having done all the stand is a deep military phrase. In what the Greek language means through definition, it's beyond having done all the stand. In the Greek language, it literally shows a picture of someone that has gone into a battle, had victory in the battle, and now that their victory over their enemy is done and completed, they are now in a position of standing in that position of, I just whooped on the enemy. That's what that Greek, that's what this Greek sentence is. So now it's not having done all to stand. Now we're looking at it with a whole different mindset. I'm I'm in a warfare. This is a battle. I've got bad coming my way. But when bad comes, this word comes alive within me because therefore, it gives me information. I get this information and now I realize, wait a minute, my victory is understanding what God's word says about the issue, about the fight, about the warfare. Now I'm in a position of strength. You might be thinking, okay, well, this sounds really spiritual, Pastor. What I need you to do is take that out of your head. Yes, it's spiritual, but I need you to start looking at it in life. See, when you're dealing with the issues in life, when you're dealing with relationships, when you're dealing with, with work, when you're dealing with people, which, oh my gosh, we need a lot of help, right? I mean, people, you know, next thing to the devil are people. And so, I mean, we, that's true. Y'all know that. The problem is, is this is what we're dealing with. And I need answers. I need help. How to deal with, you know, goofy people including myself, who can be goofy too, amen? What do you mean, yes? No, it should be, it should be. No, not you, pastor, not you, pastor. What is this? And did you point what you are doing? <laughs> All right, so we go on and it says what? It says, therefore, put on the armor of God that you may be able, everybody say able, that you, see, you ever heard someone say, are you able to do this? Okay, so anybody ever hear, are you able to do this? So do you understand the definition of able, right? It isn't this. See, this is the problem we have with English translation. I'm missing the essence of this, of this whole scripture. Able is dunamis, Greek word meaning empowered. Now, you can get the gist of able in the ability of saying, well, I'm able or I have that ability to do this. So you can see how it's used in a way where, okay, it makes sense. I have able, but if I'm really looking at it in in the Greek, it's an empowerment or an ability to do something supernatural, help. So now it's, it goes beyond able. In other words, I'm able to do it. It goes, I'm empowered with the ability to do it. Anybody learning something? All right. So it says here, therefore take on the armor of God that you may be empowered to withstand in the evil day. Now people I'm not teaching on this this morning, but I need to understand something. When it talks about the whole armor of God, that is a a list of information. That's all it is, a list of information. It's tied to a military uh, picture of a soldier and the equipment they wore to protect themselves in battle. Why is this important? Because what happens is, is, Paul's writing to his group. He's not writing, you know, in the 20th century. Otherwise, he'd have to, he'd, he'd talk differently. He'd talk about, well, you have your, you know, your, your flak jacket, your bulletproof vest, and your helmet, and your, you know, your M16. It, he would communicate that way. Do you, right? Okay, so, but this is his day. And God's in the midst of that picture. He's saying, let me show you something. And so he goes down a list of a a Roman soldier's suit, helmet, salvation, breastplate, righteousness. And he goes through this picture. But understand this, that every part of that special warfare equipment is tied to a word. That word represents the protection. So if I'm talking about the helmet of salvation, then that means, what does the helmet protect? The mind, right? The brain, right? It, it protects this, right? So in Scripture, salvation and the understanding of salvation, not the understanding of when they'll go to heaven, That is the lowest, lowest definition of salvation. The lowest. It's an all-inclusive term that we need to understand everything about it. Because if you don't, your mind is not protected. I can tell you right now, this is where most Christians lose it. They love Jesus. They would go to church and everything else. But they don't have the helmet of salvation on. In other words, you don't have the understanding of salvation. So the enemy come in and go, you ain't saved you know, good, sinner, loser. You think God loves you? You think he's going to forgive you? Why why are you listening to that? Why are you allowing him? Why are you being manipulated? Why are you succumbing to that? Because you don't know salvation. You don't have a helmet on. Now you might be thinking, well, help me, bastard, learn now. No, that'll come later. I don't have time for it right now. I'm just helping you right now, okay? I'll get to this stuff. I'm going to be teaching so much pretty soon that... um, Anyway, you'll have that opportunity. Let's move on. Amen? Amen? So what we're doing is we're looking at this. Okay, okay, so I'm seeing a picture now that's relevant to life. In other words, God's saying, I have the ability to stand. I have the ability to have victory in the situations that come my way. Right? I have that ability. So what we have to look at is, in this is a problem. Bad comes. Okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to try to go around it? It doesn't work that way. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Jesus said, storms will come. Storms are coming. My ability to win is foundation, the knowledge I have. Y'all know in your life there are areas of, of, of understanding you know are weak. Most of you have a weak understanding that's tied I do relationships. You want to know, why can't we do this? Why is it this way? And why we're so miserable? Why is it this and that? Because you don't have an understanding of relationship, which is an understanding of love, God's love. Everybody in here has a different, different viewpoint of love and a different viewpoint of how love operates. So that's a problem. That's most a problem in all our lives. We define it. A certain way and the other person defines it their way it's not hard it's not difficult even in common sense and I'm not talking about and this is antagonistic or or this is just an evil thing I'm just saying in common sense men and women are not the same period the way women see things are different the way men see things so that means what everything a woman sees is by definition very long definition Men, men see. I mean, we, it's just a fact of life. Now, I'm not saying we all walk around going, duh, duh. I'm not saying that. Don't, don't even think that. I don't, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we want, is it hot out or not? Yeah, it's pretty hot on. All right. When my wife has, she's wanting to know humidity, um, wind because it's all correlating to all the other things that she's dealing with for that weather. So if I say it's hot out, ain't going to do nothing. That it's just like I just better turn to my boys and go. It's hot out and they're going to go. Okay. But be, and this is what I'm saying, because she's not me. Thank God. You understand? But that's not a problem. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. But it's something that we have to understand. The understanding is the key. That's how success comes. So now when a storm comes in this area, we can stand because we have understanding. It's when the woman tries to make the husband a woman and the man tries to make the woman a man. That's when you have a problem. That's, that's when the problems come. Ladies, stop it. Men, stop it. Now you might be thinking, well, pastor, man, you just tell me this marriage thing's work. Oh, it's a whole lot of work. It ain't no easy thing. It's full of work and work. And sometimes it's even too much work. But it's work. And it ain't gonna stop being work. Moment you stop working, you messed up. You messed up the whole thing. So under, just understand, the whole principle of that is work. Now you may be thinking, oh, come on. It, it's, every relationship is that way. Even best friends. Do you understand? It's, it's all tied that way. That's how God created us. All right? So we just understand that. We learn. We get. We, we just, it, it, there's, the dynamics of it is a process of continual learning. If I can get you to understand that, you can be easier on yourself. You won't be so hard. Christianese makes you think you've got to get everything perfect the first day. And then you start faking it. After a week, you're going, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Watch me do spiritual dances. <laughs> it's, it's goofy. And then everybody goes along with it. Look how spiritual they are. They just received Jesus two weeks ago. I want them to pray for me. They're so spiritual. But that's what that's what it does. It's, 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 it's nasty. But what we do is love life. We recognize we ain't going that way. I, we, and if we do, we got to put our brakes on. We got to stop it. Stop goofiness. You don't have to talk spiritual because you don't need to be seen spiritual. You guys get this? I I don't talk like I'm spiritual, do I? I will if you don't watch it. I'll get all spiritual all over you guys. And you won't understand anything I'm talking about. And I'll walk out of here going, look how spiritual I am. They don't have a clue. Do you guys, do do could you imagine going to school and kindergarten and the kindergarten teacher thinks, I'll show them and starts trying to teach them multiplication. They don't even know how to hold a fat crown yet. <laughs> and they walk out going, yeah, see how much I know. I am great. Great. But we look at that and go, that's crazy. That, that's, no one thinks that way. They do in church. They do in church. And it's just nasty. It's rotten. I got to get you to learn how to hold the fat crayon. Let's color. Try to get in the lines. If you get out of lines, we'll work on it. That's all I want. I want you to be able to go out there going, I learned something today. That's when I can go, hey, I'm spiritual. You learn something. Amen. So what we have to do, how do I, well, how am I responding? This is the key. How do I respond in these bad times? That will determine your maturity level, right? This is where, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we look at a person's life and go, that, that, they gotta, they're going through hell and there's, man, look how they act. Those are people you pay attention to, right? You look at them going, man, I, I need to know what you know. I, even in the small things, I remember uh, my. Er, everybody starts as a construction. Um, you, you, you're the labor. You know, apprentice, whatever. Your slave. That's all you are. You, you carry all the lumber. You, I mean, you doing all the na- You doing nasty. Everything's bad. You, I got. I wanted to swing a hammer. I want to be cool like these guys. You know what I did all day long? Carry their lumber. And then I graduated to cutting their lumber and carrying their lumber. And it it was that way for a long time until I became that person that said, give me some lumber. (laughs) I graduated. I graduated to a place where I don't have to do it anymore. They're going to do it. And don't think you're going to jump to the next level because you ain't. I had to go through it. You're going to go through it. (laughs) Now you're thinking, man, I wouldn't want to be your son. Tough. <laughs> but they learn. Yeah. And that's how life is. Right. You have to learn that you're going to be doing the, the 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 tough stuff of whatever until you get to the place of understanding. Right. And you graduate in life. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. But I've been through that. I've done all that kind of stuff. It's it's. It's in life. That's how life works. You know how you excel, being the best at whatever it is. Yes. Being the best. I wanted the supervisor, whoever come by, and see me working so hard that they mentioned, "Man, that dude's working hard." That was in my mind. I thought, you know how I'm going to win today? I'm not even. A, I'm not a Christian or nothing. I just thought to myself. I'm going to win today by carrying more lumber than anybody else carrying. So I would take 15 stacks of two by fours or whatever and carry them on my shoulder. I'd swing up. Plywood. I mean, just I would do what I could to get that person to go. That dude working, working. And all it did is elevate me. Just continue to elevate me. And that's what we're doing here. We're learning that wherever we're at, be the best we can be wherever you're at. And. Acknowledgement will come. God says, I'll lift you up. I'll lift you up. It's an amazing thing. And we're going to win. Amen. We're going to have victory in these problems. Matthew 12, 33. Remember what I said, crisis. This is so important to understand. Because the religious concept is, is create a better person. And that's not true. Otherwise, we'd all be better persons because we all go through crisis, right? So we all go through crisis, so we're all better. And that doesn't testify. That doesn't have any science to it at all. But what it does is it reveals who we are. It reveals what you know. It reveals how strong you are in that knowledge. Because I can tell you right now, there are things I went through young, in, my, in my life early on that I folded like a deck of cards. <laughs> but today, I wouldn't fold one bit. I wouldn't be moved. But wait a minute. It's, the only thing difference is, is that my information, my knowledge is different. So now I can go through all kinds of things that used to bring destruction. The crash would be there. Not anymore. But that doesn't mean that my life is perfect and that there's no way in the world I'll stumble. That's, that's not true. I continue to learn, continue to grow. And there'll be times when I, this, is, this is foreign to me. So I'm going to, most likely, the storm's coming and I'm going to crash. But the key of my crash is I have the ability to get up recognize the weak areas and build the foundation in those weak areas. That's all I want you to acknowledge, okay? It's all I want you all to understand. I don't want you to look at yourself. I'm a loser. I should have been better. I should have. Well, that, that is ridiculous to even say that because that makes you worse. It's not you should have. Should have means you could have. In other words, you had all the, the best in you to be able to accomplish. No, you don't do that. You recognize at the moment of fall that I didn't. Therefore, I will next time. Shoulda means you're excusing it off of, I already know, I got the information. You know how many times I hear that? I've heard that so many times over the years. And it's just, it's not right. We don't wanna be that way, amen? Listen, shoulda can bring in the enemy. Shoulda uh, could bring in guilt, combination. And believe me, I've experienced it. I've experienced it recently, where I, I know better. But the enemy able to come in. And when he comes in and you start putting guilt on yourself, you're going to, it's going to open a door. It'll open a door to all kinds. It can open door to pain. It can open door to uh, sickness. It, it'll open a door. If you, and that's a, that's something really, as far as when it comes to people that carry offenses, they don't understand. They have an open door to sickness and disease in their lives. I know they don't. people don't want to hear that, but it's true. I'm going to teach on that one day, but not right now. Let's move on. All right. Matthew twelve thirty three. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Duh. But, but. When we're reading this, I want you to, this is what I do. When I read, when I look at this, I pay attention. Everybody say, pay attention. Okay, I, I'm not reading to read. I will never, I was that way years ago, and, and I was a, a nasty Christian. I, I, I just, I didn't know nothing. Play the game, you know, pretend, whatever. But I didn't have no knowledge whatsoever. And the reason why is, like, most Christians get caught up in reading. Let's read. And we establish our life based upon how much we read or how much we pray. And I'm talking about religious works. I'm not talking about truth of Scripture. I'm talking about religion. And I was caught up in that for years. And I don't want you in that position. I want you in the right position. Amen? All of you in the right position. I went through all that mess. I don't want you to go through it. So just listen to me. I have that journey can, that can help you. Why you go through it, you don't need to. That's what parents speak to their kids, right? That's what they should be doing. I don't want you to go through what I went through. I've watched parents fight for the right to make their kids go through it. Well, we used to do it. We used to do it. Everything turned out all right. You, you mean everything turned out all right. You don't really pay attention to your life. is not everything turned out all right. It isn't all good. But that's what we do. We don't want, we don't, it's a mess. Just stop it. Amen? Just stop it. We want to be better, and we want our kids to be better. Amen? We're making excuses. It's just wrong. I read this, and I go, either make the tree good, and it's fruit good, and I just go crazy. I remember when that became something where I read that, and I couldn't stop reading it, and I just, I started I started crying, I started laughing, I I was just filled with emotion. And the reason why is because what it says, either make the tree good or make it bad. And all those red letters said is, Daniel, it's your choice. I thought, oh my gosh, I have a choice. I ain't stuck this way. I'm in a position of failure and no good and I never can I'm in a position of I can change it. Either make the tree good or make it bad. I can change. He gave me, Jesus said, either make it good or make it bad. Either make the tree good, fruit good. Or else make the free tree bad, fruit bad. A tree is known by its fruit. I'll be known by making my life Good. I, that's choice," he said it. God, the Father, through the mouth of Jesus said, come on, Daniel. Come on, love life. Come on, Ernesto. Make the tree good. <laughs> right? Make the tree good. And the fruit will be good. Right. Or make it bad. Do you see what I'm saying? I love that stuff. I'm like, oh, come on, bring it. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What does that mean? It means what is going in you, what's going inside, ultimately, bump is going to come out. Crisis reveal abundance of the heart. That's why I say, everybody, chill on, oh, look how special they look in here. Chill on the, oh, look how they sing, and look how they dance. Y'all, this ain't no crisis. Everybody can play Christianese in here. Everybody can play, I'm so holy, and I'm so spiritual. And even though even bringing, well, come here, I'll pray for you. They'll bring their spiritual voice. They're Even their voice changes. Uh. But that's what, I, that's, what, that's what religion trains. It trains this, this, this monster. <laughs> and that's not what we're about. We're about life. We, we just came from our homes. We, we've got stuff later to do, but we made a choice. You know, what? I'm going to come. I'm going to come to church. We gathered together what Jesus said. His word says, I know some of you don't like it, but don't, uh, no, they, it's true. It's just how, how, you, how you live your life is proof. But it says, don't forsake it. In other words, this should be priority one. Not all your excuses. No, this is priority one. But what for what purpose? Not for to get a brownie bun and I went to church today. No, because there's a purpose to be here. You don't even learn something. You being here is something where someone looks and says, hey, they're here. I mean, whatever. But the thing is, is we all made a choice, so we come. But let's now make a choice to re- leave with something. That's all. Amen. Let's leave with something. So let's build up the abundance. Now, in the time of storm, how we respond determines success or failure. I mean, it's very clear. How, how, do, I, how do I respond when everything's breaking? You know, it's not the storm comes and I'm all that. It doesn't work that way. The storm comes, I have a good foundation, but I still feel this. I feel the wind. I feel the rain, the flood. I feel the effect of it. I don't want you to think that if you have all knowledge and understanding, you will not sense anything. But that's not that's unscriptural. Remember, the scripture says we are pressed on all sides, but not crushed. In in other words, it's it's giving us a picture that the greater one, Jesus lives inside of me. Right. So I have God in me. And because of that, the pressure, I can feel the pressure. But because I have a greater one pressing the same force or greater out, I cannot be crushed. That's scripture. Now you might be thinking, well, I've been crushed. I have no doubt. I have been too. What happened? I didn't have the information. See, I know that the Bible tells me I don't have to get crushed. See, I've allowed ignorance or lack of understanding or whatever to go through life and get crushed in some in, in, in instances. But the Bible says that I not crushed. Then what happened? My emotions were affected to feel a crushing experience. But truthfully, I wasn't crushed. But see, that's a problem. I, I have this dilemma of this mind and emotion that's saying, no, you are crushed. But God said, you're not. So that's where I have to get. I have to get to the place of, he said I'm not. And the more I investigate, the more I get the understanding of what that means, I start realizing, wait a minute, no, I'm not crushed. Now, I might be emotional, in emotional turmoil, and th- I might have felt like all oh, the world is about to end, but truthfully, no, and that's what the promise of God is for you. You're not crushed. See, what's going to happen is those times when you felt like, ah, you're going to remember this, you're going to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, God said, I'll get- the pressure will be there, but I'm not crushed. Watch what happens just by saying stuff like that. What are you doing? You're saying his word. There's power in this stuff. Yeah, but don't I have to know the Greek language and all the revelation that you have? No. You just need to know that that's in the Bible. And he said, you're not crushed. Can you just believe you're not crushed? He said it. We make this difficult. It's not difficult. We don't, we're not even. We're not brought up on this world to challenge simplicity. Sit down, little boy. Sit down. I know you have to go pee. pee sit down. Sit down. One dog, another dog. There's two dogs. Two dogs. One dog, another dog. Two puppies. One, one puppy. Two puppies. Two puppies. One, 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 one equals two puppies. Two puppies. Two. Puppies. We don't freak out. We're hearing and listening. And then they bring in another one. Now we're going into three puppies. That's that's how we learn. It's not difficult. It's not rocket science. It's simple. Now, I'm not going to learn calculus or trigonometry. I'm not even going to learn division until I can learn one plus one equals two. You guys see how important the simplicity of it, of knowledge is? I build that foundation, I can build anything upon it. You're not crushed. Amen? So we have to overcome. Let me give you some keys of how do we overcome. How do we overcome in this in the bad? How do we overcome? How do we win? All right? Seven truths about focus. We're going to focus in. Now, the reason why I want to talk about focus is, is, is very simple. Your feelings follow what you're focusing on whatever you focus in on is what your feelings follow. Feelings are what are bringing success or or complete failure, victory or loss, all based upon feelings. When you have an understanding of your feelings, the, the area of the soul, the emotions, you have the ability to have victory in your life. But this area that really screws us or, you know, it just ruins life. You can be born again, you know, you're you're on your way to heaven, you got, you know, spiritual eternity in you, and you have this whole covenant of God that you don't know nothing about, but your emotional, your emotions are out of control. So you 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 know, it's 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 a dangerous area. Over the years, I've known many, many Christians that have committed suicide. Why? Their emotions. Only because the emotion. That's it, nothing else emotions. So what I need you to understand is, is the, the key of how do you fix that? How do you change that? How do you work the area of emotions? Focus. What are you focusing on? You, I know a lot of you will get to the place of, what do you mean focus? I'll show you and I'll prove my point. Okay, let me give you seven truths about focus. What gets your attention gets you. Whatever gets your attention is going to get you. It's going to have you. Whatever you're focused in on, whatever you're looking at will get you. I mean, many, many believers that you live a Facebook life, TikTok life. I'm on a flight Orlando to Phoenix. I can't believe grown adults sitting in the aisles and I saw three women because their their pads are right there and just... TikTok the whole time hours and I'm like going I couldn't believe it TikTok it's like it's just it's they couldn't stop it I'm thinking this is crazy and I'm not going to ask how many of you are addicted to that thing but you know already so why I'd ask you but it is freaky what that focus can do and what happens is it gets you attention, and that attention literally is the master over you. What they say: the average of people on their phones is they'll touch it twenty thousand times today. Is that crazy? Some of you, you you ain't you just touch it once. It don't leave your hand. <laughs> you be cooking dinner within your hand. That, I just, those when it, when you hear those statistics, it's like, that's crazy. That's crazy. I just, I'm not going to allow that phone ever become that to me. And I know people get frustrated because, you know, phone calls and texts and I'm like going, do I own a phone? I don't even know if I own a phone. But it's true. I mean, you know, thank God we have phones. Amen. Thank we have, you know, we have these things. Technology's awesome. I'm not, you know, saying anything negative in that picture. I'm just saying don't let these things control you. You control. Don't ever let things control you. Well, how do I know? Put it down. We'll see. It's just like it's just like when we you want to find out if food has control? Let's do some fit for life. We'll we'll do, you know, whatever. We'll do a Daniel fast. We'll do whatever and we'll show you what's in control. And you all of a sudden you start, "Man, I never knew an enchilada could run my life." That is crazy. An enchilada has that much power over me? But it's, this is true. And it's not the enchilada. It's the carb and sugar, by the way. Anyway, but that's another addiction point we don't want to get into right now. All right. So the Bible says what gets your attention gets you. Your eye is the lamp of the body. Where well, your eye is good, the whole body is full of light. When they're bad, your body is full of darkness. It's saying what is getting your attention is going to change you. All right. Okay. So we look at it in the negative. Let's look at it in the positive. Let's get good things that are giving us attention to, right? Let's start focusing on the right things. All right, number two. Just because it gets your attention doesn't mean it deserves your attention. Just because it gets your attention doesn't mean it deserves your attention. You have to be able to determine, is this worth my time? Listen. You're placing value on yourself to what you give time to. I know this is a difficult thing in a lot of people's lives because you know you weren't a lot. It all depends on the type of job you have. I've worked years of my money's based upon my time. Time is money. I go through life the same exact way. I'll spend more on something just because I'll lose time on saving two bucks. I don't care. I'm going to give what I want. God's my provider anyway. I'm a, I'm a giver. I'm not, I'm not just saying that. I mean, I am a big, big giver. And I will be that way. My family's that way. My boys are that way. We're big givers. So my expectation is I, I can give what I want. But I also I understand the importance of time. Of course, wisdom involved in it. I don't make quick decisions. I don't make an emotional decision. It takes me a lot of time to investigate stuff. But when it comes down to it, time is a priority for me. So I I work my life based upon, are we going to lose time on this or are we going to get time better over here? You want to go to Disney, Disney World? We ain't standing in line. Lightning Lane, 20 bucks, we're in. I'm paying 20 bucks to get in there to go on another ride. I'm not gonna spend two hours standing there. I'm, why would I do that? Time is valuable. You, it, you might be going well, whatever. Well, that's you, not me. Time is important. Amen. Just gets to get your attention doesn't mean deserve. Number three, failure is based on broken focus. Failure is based on based on broken focus. Remember Peter. Peter's walking on water. Dude, can you imagine this? Walking on water. Walking on water. And he breaks focus off Jesus and starts looking at what? The the waves. He starts going, oh, wait a minute. This is wrong. I can't do this. You're already doing it. This is how the enemy works. You can operate in some wonderful, awesome, miraculous ways in your life if you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Now you might be thinking. Well I'll just fix my eyes on Jesus. That's not what it was. And that's not what I mean. What did he fix his eyes on? He, he gives us the answer. He wasn't looking at Jesus. As in. As long as I keep my eyes on Jesus. I'll keep walking on water. That's not what it was. What did Peter say? Lord. If it's you say it's you. Is that what he said? No. What did he say? Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus said, come. That word of Jesus is what he was fixed on. He didn't say, if that's you, just tell me it's you and I'll come right out there with you. He would have went Bloop. Give me the word. Pay attention to the scripture, right? Give me the word. I'll fix my eyes on the word. You said, Come, I'm coming. But then he took his eyes off what? Come. Why were they in trouble in the first place? They took their eyes off the word. Why? Jesus said, Go to the other side. He didn't say, I hope you make it to the other side, (laughs) right? (laughs) He said, Go to the other side. And if they would have stayed focused in on, the word, Jesus, they would have went to the other side. Isn't that interesting? Even when in bad comes, stay focused on the word, amen? Yes. Number four, life happens, storms come. Your choice will discern, determine the size of that storm. Which How you focus on that storm will determine if it's a big storm or a small storm. Remember um, the story of David and Goliath? Okay, you got the army of Israel. They're all standing there, the whole army of Israel. Goliath comes out, and what does the whole army of Israel do? He's too big. He's too big, and they're in fear, right? David, small little David, comes on the scene. He sees Goliath. He hears the Goliath, same thing Israel did. And what does he say? Oh, he says he's too big. But he says this, he's too big to miss. His whole attitude is different. See, what what happened? How he focused in on the problem determined the size. Goliath wasn't some monster to him. Goliath was someone that's going to lay down. Goliath, someone's going to be defeated. David's attitude was, you're done. You are done, fool. And that's what happened. The whole army of Israel were scared to death. Why? They focused in on big, and that's how they operated. Change the picture of bad. Change the picture, okay? Can you do that for me? Number five, you can change your feelings by changing your focus. I said this, you can change your feelings by changing your focus. And I know there's a whole bunch in here going, it's not that easy my feelings. I'm just emotionally... If I change focus, it's still going to be there. No, it isn't. You're lying to yourself. For instance, one of you couples, you're at your house, just fighting, all out war. You never, you never, just hating on each other. And all of a sudden, Ding, ding. You never do. You're lazy. Who is it? Ah, uh, it's Pastor Dan. <laughs> Thought I'd drop by and just say, What's up? Making house calls. What's going to happen? Focus changes, attitude changes. Pastor, come on. Here. <laughs> <laughs> We were just, we, we were in some spiritual warfare prayer and, you know, God is good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, it's just so in. <laughs> yes. You want me to come to your house? Huh? It's so all I'm just saying. I, I just want us to be real, Okay. Change your feelings by change your focus. Change your focus. Number six, magnify God, the problem becomes small. See a small God, problem will become massive. Magnify God. That means when you build up God and, and you're thanking him and, and just, I mean, that's what this, Psalm 6030, I will praise the Lord with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. I do this every day, every day day. I've been doing this for years. I mean, long, long time. Longer than most of you have been alive, almost. I've been doing this, and that's what I do all the time. I sing to God. I give thanks to God. This morning, I go through the the different rooms, and thanking God, and speaking life into every single room that we're going to have people in. These kids, all the way through. I don't go, I get this, I get this place, I'll bathe in my confession, my faith. I get out there in that fo- foyer and I speak to the north, the south, the east, and the west. I'm, I'm speaking to everybody. And I'm giving God thanks. I thank him all the time. I thank him for this building all the time. You would not believe how many times I thank God. God's pro- I know God's not up there going, again? How many times are you going to thank me for this? I'll thank him right now. Thank you, Father, for this, this is awesome building. Because I know where he's brought me. I know where I was and I know where I am. And I, and, and I honor him, and I won't stop honoring him. And I keep thanking him, and I'll continue to thank him. Some of you that have been in this building since, the, since it was built, you ought to be doing the same thing. You ought to be doing the same thing. You ain't in no small little rental facilities or, or in a place where your kids, you know, are, are being. You're in a place where your family, your whole family, can be treated good, safe, secure, Clean environment. Awesome place. This house is a house that love built. I'm telling you right now. This is a testimony of the the goodness of God. Has nothing to do with me. Other than me being the pastor. I submitted to his wisdom. His insight. Followed it. And this is how we got there. We didn't get this because we had tons of money. It didn't happen that way. I'm going to tell you right now. It is impossible to be able to get what we got. Because we didn't have what was needed to get what we got finances. We came out of a little strip mall. It was a God thing. And God will continue to do these big things. You just, we, listen, this, this, is just, this is just where we're at right now. Oh, just believe me. It's a wonderful thing. Number seven, you're the farmer of your life. Your heart is dirt. What you produce is your choice. No one else, I know we love to blame. We want to blame, but the truth is is, no, you're the gardener of your own life. You determine the dirt. You guys, please pay attention on this one, because I'll do an in--depth teaching on this, but you need to understand something. The seed is, it is the t- determination of kind. All right, so if I have an apple seed, it's going to produce apple, you know, whatever. You know, it just seed determines kind. But did you know that the ground is what produces it? The ground does, not the seed. The Bible says the ground produces it. What's in the ground is everything needed for that seed. I mean, you read Genesis, that's what it says. The ground produced everything. Ground produced all living things. People don't even know this. So what happens we get focused in on the wrong thing and we lose the understanding. No, the seed is, it has specific things in it to create, but it's the ground that produces. So the Bible says when you have good ground, your heart is good ground. Did it not say the sower sows the word? The seed is the word of God, right? Well, nothing's going to be produced from the seed, nothing, I don't care how many memorized scriptures you have. I don't care how many Bibles you own. I don't, it doesn't matter. You can know the Bible and have it memorized from Genesis all the way through Revelation. But it will not do you any good at all. Just like every seed won't do you any good because it demands the ground to produce it, the fruit. Until it's in the ground, it cannot produce. Then we understand the laws of ground. If it is not good ground, it's going to mess, be messed up. But that's, praise the Lord, hallelujah, God's word that shows us. Make the ground good, make the ground good, be fertile ground, and you will produce. Not one for one, not two for one, 30, 60, 100 times. It's a principle of what we see everywhere we go. It's not one for one, it's not minimal, it's multiplication. Goodness, Around out at a of time. Someone's beep reminding me it's time to quit. So you can blame the beep. That was a beep of the devil. That's what that was. I just planned. It's a good time to close anyway. The thing we need to understand is when it comes down to it, we got to believe this word. we got to believe this word. We've got to accept it and continue in it. That's it. And that's where I want. I want everybody in here, what you got, what you got, what you received today, whatever it is, those, whatever the information was that went, that was that, wow, that's what, oh, I needed that. That's what you need. That's it. Now, just allow this thing to grow. Allow it to grow in your life. Don't force it. You don't have to force anything. The earth will produce first the blade, then it, it just, it's a process. It will happen though. And you're going to see it happen. Just trust the process, but don't try to force it. Don't try to dig up the seed. Is it working? Is it working? Allow this thing to go. I'm telling you right now, I want your success. I do. I, I, I believe for it. I expect it. I mean, it's weird. I, I'm called to do this. I, I didn't do this by choice. Understand this. I'm called to do this. So it isn't by my choice. I want to be a pastor so I can stand up before everybody. That was not my choice at all, but this is where I'm placed, and because of that, I hold this position in a very, very strong place close to my heart, and I know because I'm a dad, and I understand the importance of not just teaching, but the heart behind the teaching. When I say this, I want your success. I want your marriages. I want your relationships. I want your life at work, ownership, being successful. It's from my heart as your spiritual papa. It's what I believe. It's what I want. Because if it wasn't, I wouldn't say and believe the things I do day in and day out. I could care less. But that's not me. So just understand that I'm, I'm, this, I'm in this for the long haul for your life. And if you want to screw it up, that's on you, not on me. If you want to blow it up, become, you know, goofball, whatever, that's on you, not me. But I'm going to give you the best every time we get together. I'm going to give you what I can. And I hope that whatever in this message you can get hold of, run with it and let's become successful. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the life in that word. And I believe with all my heart that this, this message, this information, is giving us the ability to transform. This is where we get the tools to live successful. And this is the process, and we will continue to build upon it. But these truths, this information is going to help us today and through this week, because we're going to remember what was said, we're going to remember the information. And we're going to put this to work, put it to use in our lives and operate in the wisdom of that word. Make the tree good. The fruit will be good. That's what we're doing. And we thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Love you guys.